0: Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder.
1: I love a good, faithful Friday, Brandon, because that means you got to shape up. It's like a nun walking (laughs) over for you. She's not going to rack your knuckles because you're not going to say a bad word. You're not gonna fart on the radio today, oh. podcast.
0: I don't know if God frowns upon farting. Okay. Well,
1: Faithful Fridays here on the Smarticle Podcast. We usually look to our good friend Richard Moore at the friend, our friends at the Center for Action and Contemplation. You can always find them at CAC.org. Me and Brandon are uh receive their daily meditation. So Richard's written books for like 40 years. So they usually cobble something together from some of these written. They're going through a series called The Way of Jesus. Today's meditation was called Keep Changing. Let me just read a smidge, and then we'll get into it. In this excerpt from his 80s talk, The Four Gospels, Richard Rohr reflects on what it means to follow Jesus. Immediately after the temptation of the desert, Jesus goes out to Galilee, and there he begins to preach. His initial preaching is summed up in the verse, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hands. It's a theologically packed statement. What does the word repent mean? First off, does it mean to beat ourselves up or feel bad about ourselves? No, repent means to turn around to change. The first word that comes out of Jesus' mouth is change. Be willing to change. Here's the last part. People who are not willing to change are not willing to turn away from themselves. What we're in love with usually is not God. We're in love with our way of thinking, our way of explaining, our way of doing. One of the greatest ways to protect ourselves from God and to protect ourselves from truth and grace is simply to buy into something cheap, conventional, buy into some kind of cheap conventionalism and call it tradition. Brandon. Well,
0: wow, that's loaded. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's really interesting. Obviously, we love uh, Father Richard and are sad about his retirement, but are deeply appreciative of the fact that his words live on. And I mean, this, you know, he wrote this, I don't know how many years, for the, for the 80s, so 40 years ago or so, but it's yeah. relevant today as it was when he originally wrote it. And this idea of repentance, we oftentimes think of it as sort of a negative thing, like, oh, repent, yeah, repent, you're a bad, horrible person. But the word actually comes from the Greek metonia, which basically means to turn around. And And it's simply saying, have you looked at your life? Have you seen things that are wanting or things that you'd like to change? And are you willing to turn around to do that? So in a sense, repentance is a lot like somebody that gives up uh, drugs or alcohol that's addicted, right? They make that first step to recovery, which is say, hey, I have a problem. I want to turn my life around. And I think that spiritually we get into the same boat. I think that people first have to say, hey, you know what? I don't have it all figured out. It's why Rohr talks a lot about this idea of second half of life. You and I have pushed into this a lot when we think about Christians and evangelicals where they sort of lord over their laws on you but the bible jesus jesus says uh, we hear this you and i have done these things on uh Joel Olstein and you know the fact that he you know he's preaching the prosperity gospel and he's making you know 70 million dollars a year I mean, uh, quite literally seven million Big a bucks year. so is joel getting the reward is he repenting from something he's doing does he should he repent but I think that a lot of times when people have all the answers in terms of faith, it is them that needs to repent, right? They're the ones that need to take stock of what they're doing in their life to say, am I following? I love that he talks about this cheap conventionalism, this idea that if I treat people this way, if I, if I say the gays are going to burn in hell, then I'm the one that's right and I'm following God's commandment.
1: Well, I think the evangelicals, people that we're always bouncing against. Faith doesn't change. Like if I was to talk to my in-laws, they'd be like, God, Jesus, faith never changes. It's the same. And I just think about my life and how it is radically changed over all of the years. God changes. God was whatever God was before created the universe. And there was the Big Bang. And then there was planets. And there was Earth. And then the Earth has gone through four different evolutions between ice ages and warnings. And animals have evolved. Human beings evolved. Like God in a sense is changed. So Richard is saying just go with the plan and change.
0: Yeah, that we should never be unwilling no. to change. My uh my wife was listening to this uh the sermon uh to this uh, show? No 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 of course Damn it. of course not. Damn it. Uh, there was a Larry, this is a God Talk Friday. We don't Sorry. Use Good foul point. language Thank like you. that on the air. It was a, a local church, kind of mega church, and she just wanted to hear the music. She was just curious if the music was any good. Good for her. And, and so she started listening to this sermon, and it was awful. This guy just got up there and said, look, you know, he has a southern accent. He's like, there's a place, man or man. Women know their place. And he was just, ta- it was like, wow, bro. You have literally, I I overuse that word, but he has not changed one iota in his own emotional thinking if he's saying that You know, he was trying to say that there's a, there's only, you know, God created man and woman and, and then gays shouldn't have babies and all this stuff. I was like, wow, dude, do you really think your audience needs you to tell them that? Do you think that they're so simple that if you didn't sort of lay out your cheap conventionalism on them, that they wouldn't be good parishioners? It was just a weird, I, I just found it to be bizarre. Like it was his way of, of holding up his own dim view of God like somehow God he's figured out God and everybody else needs to follow him right Jesus saw.
1: well once again I come back to this idea of if you're a human being we evolve like that's we used to live in a cave and run from lions and now here we are used to think at one point women shouldn't vote and we used to think black people it was okay to be slaves and I'm saying that that was the normal thought normal human beings were like it is okay to have a slave we don't think that way anymore and so Most of us if, you, if you understand that, you realize to be human means to change. But it's funny how you walk around this earth and so many people are averse to change.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard. It, I think even as uh, the older you get, the harder it is. I, mean, I know my father-in-law, he's like refuses to, I mean, it's just like a spoon can't be out of place. And I think that, you know, I think that, that having things structurally in place makes it easier to, you know, frame your mind, but that. Sometimes just doing something slightly different. They always say like, hey, maybe take a different way to work one day or Mm. do something different in your life just to shake things up a little bit. I think about people that I've known in my life that were evangelical Christians and they're still living the same thought process today as they were living 25 years ago. And I think to myself, man, you haven't done a bit of thinking in the last 25 years, because if you think God is easy and you can just put God in a box, you're crazy. God is so much more complex than anything that we as human beings can fully understand that sometimes we just need to sit and be silent, right? Be still and know that I am God. And I think that that is a, a really challenging thing for most people. It's, as I've always said, I had this friend that would say, "Oh, Brandon, I just want things to be black and white. You know, it's like no, man. God lives in the gray. God doesn't really live. But they—they're like no. In Leviticus four, it says blank. If you look at Acts five, it says this. I'm like, look, those are all framework, and we could debate every one of those. But there is only one true commandment in in the New Testament of the Christian gospel, which is love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and love your neighbors yourself. Right? That's the only unchanging thing. Is that God is a God of love, so. Are you loving your gay neighbor as yourself? Are you loving women as yourself? Are you loving people of color as yourself? I, I feel like those are the areas where people need to to repent from and say, man, I, you know, I, I have to repent daily for the prejudices I have, for the the feelings I have, for the anger I have. My life should be in constant repentance.
1: I don't know. I feel like a lot of times we talk about meditation. A lot of times on the show we talk about just giving yourself a little bit of silence so that you can listen to what God Our universe is saying, if you're so busy and you're so programmed, you do not take time to let the universe or God speak to you, which might say, here's a different path than the one you're on. And so if you're busy continuously, you don't change. And I don't believe the system that's in place with the universe is not a place where you just plant your flag and
0: that is it. It is a place full of change. And are you listening enough to listen to it? Well, I think that also those people that follow Roar, and it's the reason why he gets the universalist tag, because he often talks about other traditions. But what Roar is really looking at is the, the the commonality of the human condition. He's saying, look, it doesn't matter if you're Hindu or Muslim or Christian. It's your, God is calling us all in the same way, in the same direction, in a sense, right? He's saying that we need to be willing to evolve. We need to, no matter what faith tradition we're in, God is calling us to evolve. Now, the evangelical Christian or the hardcore Christian would say, hey, there's only one way to get to God. You got you to gotta, you gotta, basically be born again, right? You, you, you got to follow Jesus. You got to do this and you got to do that. I think a guy like Rohr says, wait a second. You know, he goes back to that whole logical conversation about if you're in Papua New Guinea, you've never heard the gospel. Does that mean you're just damned to hell? Well, you say, no, that's ridiculous. God, If God is a loving God, and even the Gospels say God's a loving God, then how do you argue that? i will say, well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll sub those off and we won't talk about them, but if you've heard the Gospel, then there's only one way to do it. I'm like, well, then how come there are 23,000 different denominations? So I think that what Roar is really pushing into is, are we repenting from the, from the narrow-mindedness of our own spiritual life To be open to hearing what God actually has to say doesn't mean like becoming a universalist. It just simply means, am I open to hearing what God has to say to me in my life? And if I'm never silent, I'm never going to hear anything. So it doesn't matter.
1: I really, really enjoyed this morning because I had a different idea of what Jesus meant when He said repent. But that was His first teaching: is repent, change. You do not need to live in the system that is currently placed. Brandon, I want to thank you and the good Father Richard Rohr for teaching me today.
0: there